Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With Monty and Pharaoh, the Monty and Pharaoh show. Monty and Pharaoh, bro. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. The Monty and Pharaoh show. And you're watching the Monty and Pharaoh show. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. And Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh, is it Monty and the Pharaoh? Monty and Pharaoh. Da- the Monty and the Pharaoh show. Monty and the Pharaoh. To the Monty and the Pharaoh show. And it's Monty and the Pharaoh, baby. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh. What a run! Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Hey, cut the fucking music. When you want the best in professional wrestling, Long Island, there's only one place you're going to get it. Right here, Monty and the Pharaoh. <laughs> now, that's not just the coolest, and that's not just the best. That, my friends, is just <laughs> incredible. Monty and the Pharaoh. You've got the future Hall of Famer, that rocker, Marty Gennetti, MJ in the house, and I'm sitting here with two more future Hall of Famers, Monty and the Pharaoh. We're doing that stuff, and we're going to rock it. Straight, straight, straight to the top Working hard 
right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast out of Indie Music TV here out of Ron Konkuma, Long Island. At the board is our super producer, Matt. How are you, bud? Still great. Still great. Wow, consistency. I like him. How'd you like that Eric Sims interview? Awesome. Buddy? That yeah? was a good job, Did Eric you learn Sims. anything about Eric Sims on that? Yeah, I did. I learned lots of stuff. Well, I want to know from our uh, stars of this show what they think of Eric Sims. What? So let's get to it. In studio are WWE superstars. And it's okay to say WWE superstars. We don't have to name all the other places they were at, right? Gilberg and James Ellsworth, thank you guys for joining us. Hey, it's my pleasure anyway. I don't know about his. (laughs) I just wanted to point out that I uh, thought the Eric Sims interview sucked. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Do you know Eric personally? Uh, Unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> Give me your best Eric Sims story. Oh, oh my best Eric. Well, so so I'm um, Nikolai Volkov was a good friend of mine because oh, yeah. we're from Baltimore, Gilbert right. and I, and Nikolai made his home in Baltimore for years. And Eric used to work with uh, um, Nikolai all the time. And so <laughs> when I was in WWE, after I got released, um, Nikolai said, "James, you 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 going to be working with Eric Sims?" And I go, yeah, yeah. And he goes, well, that's how you know you made it in the wrestling business. You're working with Eric Sims now. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> hey, what did he say? You know you're the best when you're with the ESS. <laughs> Putting this guy over. Nice, Holy re- nice recovery there for an interview that sucked. Good job, James. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Very, very oh, I'll bring people oh, down no, He's and a nice guy. Up. His interview sucks. He, yeah. He's a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, before we get to the interview, I want to thank the band that sings the theme song for Monty Nefaro, Aqua Cherry. They start theme song is straight to the top. You can also catch their songs, Yes, Yes, Forever, and Seasons. Aqua Cherry's music can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Reverb Nation, or where music is sold. And we want to thank Wisteria Hall, led by the co-host of the Monty DeFaro Show, Mr. Jimmy Farrell, along with his partner, Bart Griggs. Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as In My Dreams, This Life, Not Far Behind, and Here Comes the Rain. You can also find their music on Spotify, iTunes, and Reverb Nation. Guys, whether you know this or not, Monty DeFaro can be seen on YouTube, the Monty DeFaro page, Facebook Live on the Monty DeFaro page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Twitch TV, Monty DeFaro page, RTF Sports Network, every Thursday from 8 to 9 p.m. We are their anchor show. Hmm. Channel 115, that's cable television, every Tuesday from 8.30 to 9 p.m. And for early risers on Channel 115, Saturday, 6 a.m. to 6.30 a.m. And on Channel 20 on Friday at 1.30 in the morning. Nice. We'll be right back with our special guests, Gilberg and James Ellsworth, after this commercial break. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty DeFaro, seen here every Thursday, produced at Indie Music TV in Ron Conklin, New York. Welcome to our special Saturday show with our special guest, WWE superstars James Ellsworth and Gilberg. Gentlemen, before we get to you, 
We got something called the juice. Uh, the Farrow likes to juice you guys up, no, I, get you ready, you go sound. over a little bit about your career, and then we'll get to this interview. Go ahead. Farrow. All right, fine. Well, let's hope that this uh, bio is a little bit more accurate than the crap you pulled on me during the, uh, sim- the Sims uh, episode. Never know, brother. You never <laughs> oh, know. Oh, God, I hope not. Well, <laughs> I apologize. never know what kind of shit decided I will to pull. shoot on me, which he usually <laughs> does. All right, ladies and gentlemen, a big glass of the juice for you folks at home. James Ellsworth Morris, born December 11th, 1984. Nice. Is an American professional wrestler, better known by the name... In the ring as Dude, James 1984, Ellsworth. you're a baby. Oh, yeah, man, I know. I feel man. so young. Holy cow. Yeah. Hey, look at Gilbert. Yes, he yes, is. Yes, he is. <laughs> I did not realize you. He's a young man. You could be my son. Stop. He no, could we be. couldn't. What? He could be what, my son. 16 and you went whoops? Well, I definitely could be what your son. What are you talking sure. about? Well, okay. You know, Gilbert didn't know my mom when they were teenagers. Yeah, and we went to and I'm a little concerned that That's he might true. actually be That's my uh, Wait a second. son of Gilbert. <laughs> Would you bring a bottle of wine and the sparklers? Hey. I, I can't anymore. <laughs> this is awful. I'm going to hold on. Let me spray the sparklers. I'm going to. Stop. A lot of people are like, hey, wait a minute. James is a wrestler. You knew her. I'm like, yeah, I was a good guy, man. I was a good guy. I just, I we're going to move like forward with this. Let's, uh, let's yeah, get to I it. I feel like the juice just fell Born, like born in Baltimore, I, 1984, you were saying. Yes, yeah. born in 1984. He's known under the ring of James Ellsworth. He's best known for his tenure with WWE. However, he also competed on the independent circuit under the ring name Jimmy Dream. So it says here. Morris was born in Baltimore, Maryland, as he just mentioned to us off the air, being an Orioles and Ravens fan. Uh, Which they suck, they, but that's stop okay. Stop it. They don't, first of all, both teams have a pretty darn good history. Leave them alone. Okay? Jets. Yeah, we. The, the you're going to compare the Jets to the both. Never the Jets are still in the league? That's cool. Uh, that's yeah. cold, bro. <laughs> that's cold. It's kind of surprising considering the last 40, 50 years. Uh, James Ellsworth also trained under the awesome Axel Rotten of ECW lore. Uh, throughout most of his career, Morris has uh, performed on the independent circuit under the name of, as previously, Pretty Jimmy Dream. Pretty Jimmy Dream. Nice. That's right. Add the okay. pretty in there. You are pretty. Oh, <laughs> this is funny. Often part of a tag team with Adam Ugly. Pretty and Ugly. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. ugly. Pretty ugly. <laughs> pretty ugly. I love that. That's good. That, was, <laughs> that is good. They've good won gimmick. several regional championships throughout the Northeastern United States. American Combat Wrestling, Big Time Wrestling, First State Championship Wrestling, uh, Pretty Ugly debuted in 302 Pro Wrestling on their first show. I uh, remember much more some other major things like driving Dean Ambrose absolutely insane and also three (laughs) wins over the phenomenal AJ Styles. Our first guest, if I may quickly... This is the awesome James Ellsworth. Yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah Glad to be here. Like there you said, beat go. AJ Styles three times, yeah. won a Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, and eliminated Well, Braun that Sturman. was the greatest of all, but we'll get to that. And, of <laughs> course, I had to come up for air for uh, Mr. Gilberg over here. Ladies and gentlemen, Dwayne Gill, born July 10th, 1959. Man, you're ah. old. Are ah. you? Re- are you? Re- they got the they got the year wrong. Now nah, you went to Wikipedia. They always got it. Is wrong. that what happened? You went to Wikipedia. Never mind. I go to more than just. Gotta Wikipedia. go to an encyclopedia. Not a Wikipedia. Wait a minute. Is there? An <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I don't know when it was actually born. I have to go by what I read, right? Yeah, you well, that's true. You don't look a day older than being born in hey, 1959. <laughs> so don't let, I don't believe that shit at all. By the way, why don't you go on there and, and fix that thing and go, you idiots got my birthday wrong. Nah, about nah, that. He yeah, doesn't right. know how to yeah, use a computer. Let, let the idiots make look me stupid younger. up that's here, right? right? Well, how old does that make you, though? 62. You look in great shape. Absolutely. God bless. Absolutely. I still work out every day. You know, look everything. great. Yeah. Are you retired currently? It says here you're retired. i got to check with you. Wrestle my retirement match with uh, James Ellsworth. I, I saw that. Okay, yeah. okay. My Mer- family begged me to quit. They saw really, the movie man. The Wrestler, and it was like, wow. 
Okay. Yeah, they say lose the ring. sparklers? That's rough. Yeah. That's, that's rough. You know, not that you, me- you, know, you mentioned a wrestler. What did you guys think of that movie? It, it's hard to watch for us because, I mean, it's so accurate. It's very it, accurate. Is it yeah. accurate? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Cornette had a coronary, coronary over that movie saying that's not an accurate reflection of how traditional well, wrestling now, is. Now, it's not accurate to modern-day wrestling because now guys are like just playing video games in the locker room and pretty much behaving mm-hmm. themselves for the most part in the locker room right. scene. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's like just for the indie stuff they show in the movie. It felt it, pretty damn uh, real, It felt huh? real, yeah. Interesting. All right, if I may continue, because I would like to get the rest of the juice in, otherwise he's going to be thirsty. Okay, sorry, sorry. that. All right. Farrow's got to have his FaceTime, guys. Yeah, sorry. What? This is not... Oh, God. Holy ego, Batman. <laughs> American retired professional wrestler, best known for his appearances in the WWF, obviously, back before they became the WWE, during the Attitude Era under the ring name Gilberg. A parody of then the rival promotion World Championship Wrestling's top star Goldberg, obviously. During his tenure in the WWF, and this is what I really remember, Goldberg became the light heavyweight champion. He would go on to hold the title for 15 months, becoming the longest reigning light heavyweight champion as recognized by WWE. Goldberg also managed to be ranked 120 in the top 500 of the PWI 500. This is one of my absolute favorite games. Wait, man, I don't the, the, the PWI thing. That yeah. was that's friggin' awesome, dude. That's incredible. I was in PWI. That's every great. Year. Yeah, I was in there. That's every year. that's great. You know, because we we were growing up as wrestling fans at some point, right? You didn't have cable or whatever else, so get to see these other organizations. And when you were in the PWI top five hundred, that was a big deal, man. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. It really was. Yep, yep. Ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite favorite wrestlers from the Attitude Era. I just love to watch this guy do his thing, Gilberg. Thank you. Yeah, Thank baby. God. Yeah, baby. Hey, I got a stat for you that'll get you. Go back to WWE, WWF, WWWF. Mm-hmm. Longest reigning champions, singles champions. I'm number eight of wow. all time. Wow. You hit the top ten in a company that's been yeah. around over half a century. And that's, that's weird. Yeah. I mean... I think it's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> if you it's remember fantastic. when Lesnar beat it, they go, oh, he just beat Gilbert's record. <laughs> put yeah, him well, in seventh. <laughs> that was the... Remember? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. What do so you got I, for us, Mike? I got my little 10 minutes of fame, you know what I mean? Well, I mean you got it. a little more than that. Let me ask you. You got more than that. You got more than You're that. a household name. Both of you gentlemen are household names. To us, to us wrestling marks. Well, wait, I'm a wrestling nerd. How are you guys you? holding up through COVID? You know, it's not too bad. Spending a lot of time with the family, um, which you don't get really a lot of chance to do when you're a wrestler. Like, I'm still an active wrestler. Wrestle a lot on the independents. Right. Leave home for days at a time doing tours so like i've been really enjoying the time with my daughters and my fiance and it's like i've it's been easy peasy for me honestly like i know a lot of people out there struggling it's very hard and it's very sad and very frustrating but for me i've been blessed to get through it with ease really and it's i've been very lucky and fortunate how about you gilbert me i i do construction and i i'm actually in the best shape of my life i work out every single night my son comes over and works out with me and I feel great. I'm Wait a minute. You're still out there slinging sledgehammers on concrete? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I do all frick. that stuff, man. I build, you wow. Give me an empty lot, and I'll build your house. Nice. Dig the hole, everything. Damn. That's, nice. that's what I do for a living. Sweet. James, you just had a wrestling event in West Virginia, right? Yeah, about five hours ago, it feels like. Right. <laughs> oh, I know. God Actually, what? about... Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> but what was it like? Was it was it outdoors? I mean, how was the fan reaction? Did people come? You know, considering what's going on. Well, it was actually very cool. It was a drive-in show. It was outdoors at a theater, at a movie theater. But it was a drive-in movie theater, and um, the drive fans up. sat in their cars. Well, they pull up in their cars and they bring their own chairs, whether it's a 
steel chair or lawn chair or whatever and sit the chairs next to their cars and watch the event. And they still did the meet and greet with social distancing and masks and everything. It was myself, Ricky Morton, Shane Douglas, Enzo Amore um, were all there. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there was a lot of people there. A lot of cars showed up. They had over 100 cars. You know, some cars had two people. Some cars had four people. Wow, yeah. But, I mean, it, it was very successful, and it was a great time. It felt... It felt like it was a little bit of normal normalcy there, like going to an indie show, meeting and greeting with fans, having a match. Like, it felt normal. It was cool. Wow. Tell us when you started, Gilberg, about the WWE uh, whole deal as an enhancement talent. How were you contacted by WWE? Well, what happened was I was trained by uh, my partner, Barry Hardy. Okay. And uh, he, had already, he was already up there doing jobs. And um, when he thought I was good enough, he took me up to the Monster Factory in New Jersey to Larry Sharp. Pretty boy, and Larry Sharp. Larry sent a lot of talent up there. And uh, he, he, um, we got in the ring and we're wrestling. And I was actually wrestling Glenn Ruth, uh, Thrasher. Mm-hmm. And um, we, as we were wrestling, I'd do a thing that where I can come in the hard way, you know, from the outside of the ring. But I can go all the way across the 20-foot ring, hit, and go out the ropes. And uh, Larry came out of his office. I still remember the Godfather was coming out with him. They were coming out of his office, and Barry shot, did the slingshot, and I hit and went out the other side. And Larry goes, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute, wait a minute!" And we were like, "Yeah, what, what?" And I was, I mean, my God, there's Larry Sharp standing in front of me. I'm like, "Oh, oh!" You know what I mean? It was the first time I really saw a big star, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he goes, I don't believe I saw what I think I just saw. Can you do that again? And we're like, what, what? And he goes, come in the ring the way you did. I said, okay. So we got outside, and I got on the outside, and we started doing the fighting like. And he goes, no, stop all that. Just come in the ring. And Barry went, boom, and I hit, boom. And when I hit, I stood right up and leaned on the ropes like that. I go, is that what you wanted? And he goes, you can go. Well, just like and. I mean, to be honest with you, I was such a fan that I didn't really get wrestling was fake till probably my fifth match. What? <laughs> really? Yeah. Wait a minute. I still remember training Barry showing me a punch. I'm going, man, are you kidding? Come on, don't don't mess with me, man, like that. And he's going, Dwayne, that's that's it. So that's now, it, you, buddy. did you both grow up wrestling fans? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. I've, I've been watching wrestling since I can remember. So what So what makes you both go, okay, this is what this is the path I want to go on with my life? I personally, like I, like I said, I've been a fan my whole life. I, I can't remember not watching wrestling. And at the same time, I can't remember not wanting to be a wrestler. So it's been like a whole life's journey. Like I just, it's all, it's all I've thought about. It's all I've ever loved. Like as a, you know, something I wanted to do as a profession, and yeah, just since I um, can remember, I wanted to do it and have watched it and have loved it. Tell them about the elementary school deal. Uh, oh, this, this is how far back we got. This is a great story. It's a that true. You guys story. go together. Yes. Yeah, listen. This so, is no lie. I was nine years old, in like fifth grade. I'm up doing jobs at WWF. Right. I, I see him wrestle. Um, Owen Hart on Monday Night Raw doing a job as Dwayne Gill. And um, the next night, I go to my elementary school. I'm, in, I'm nine years old. And he's up on a ladder, like, I was fixing, a, man for the, for the school fixing a light. Right. And I said, Mr. Dwayne, you know, he knows my family, my uncle, um, you know, my mom and my dad. I said, Mr. Dwayne, like, aren't you a big wrestling star? What are you, why are you working at my school? 
And he looked at me, and I was nine years old. And he goes, "Ah, you'll understand one day." Oh, oh my nice. God! Little does he realize. Crazy. Crazy. Don't worry, kid. <laughs> yeah, like and like you change the light bulbs together. What are you talking so, about? I'm so confused. Well, first, Wayne, I, we we've got a personal friend, Bill Pierce. I think he worked as. Oh yeah. 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 So you knew Bill? Sure. Uh, yeah, back Bill, he's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Bill's still going at it too in the independent circuit. He's a good awesome. guy. Awesome. So you both were trained, Larry Sharp, icon. Mm. And then Axel Rotten on your end. No, yeah. Barry Hardy trained me. But Larry you, Sharp did to, not train me. But you went to Larry's me. school, right? No. Barry Hardy trained me in his basement on this right here. On that. Concrete and a half-inch piece of uh, padding with a piece of carpet on top of it. No wonder you thought it was completely real for a while. You're yeah. being bounced off concrete. Yeah. I still remember when the first time I wrestled the Road Warriors. I was standing there and an animal coming to ring and he looked across at me and man, he went, Okay. Man, I backed up to Barry. I went, oh, my God, Barry. Man, these guys know this stuff is fake, right? I didn't say stuff, though. And he goes, get out of my way. And he's going, you, I'm going to break you in half. Man, I swear you can ask my partner, Barry Hardy. I'm going, dude, shut up. Shut up, man. Shut up. Shut up, man. And then uh, I remember when it was my turn to get in, I got in, and Hawk pushed me back into the road. And he goes, clothesline, brother. I was running through the roads looking back going, he talked to me. He talked to me. <laughs> I swear to you, man. I swear to you. My my philosophy with wrestling is this. You know how fans are called marks? Yep. Mm -hmm. The true mark is the wrestler. Because think about it. A fan is smart enough to go, I'll pay my 10, 20 bucks and sit out here and watch these guys kill each other. The mark is the guy that goes, I don't care how much it hurts, how much I pay, how much I got to do. I want to get in that ring and do that. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, also, that, yeah. that is the mark. And uh, and to me, to this day, uh, wrestling, people ask me, and I go, man, wrestling is my life. Yeah. It's everything to me. And it's, it, I mean, it sucks what's happening to it. Do some wrestlers, when they, it seems to me like when some wrestlers come in, they seem very, very, a fan first as they're breaking yeah. in. They're still a fan, so yeah. they're obviously going to have their mark out. He talked to me. Like, yeah. the, I, watched, well, I watched Dusty Rhodes start and all. I had standing reservations at the Eddie Graham Sports Arena in Florida. Watch him, Eddie Graham, Mike Graham, you know, all, all everybody. Everybody mm -hmm. you can think of start, you know? Have you watched certain guys go from the wrestling fan to the huge superstar and then just turn into complete assholes? And, and, and also, I watched them become superstars and then become my friends. Yeah. Okay. That was the coolest part. Right. You know, I used to sit in the locker room, and Randy Savage would look at me and go, What? What? And I'm like, Randy, you're you. That's the funny part, man. You're you. Right. It isn't like you would go, oh, yeah, do his thing, and then come in and go, hey, so, Dwayne, how's it going? Right, he was right. like, man, what's up, brother? You know? And I'm like, <laughs> But you I think couldn't handle it, you man. Guys, did, did you, you guys lived your gimmick a little bit, too, right? It's a, it was an extension of both of you, no? Oh, yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, me personally, like, he didn't know wrestling was fake until, what, he said it was his fifth match. <laughs> me personally, I think I was 11, and my mom goes, you know, Santa Claus isn't real. The Easter Bunny isn't real. That dollar under your pillow for your chief, that's not from the two very, that's from me. Oh, yeah, by the way, that wrestling crap you watch, that's fake, too. And I was like, what? You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> your mom, right? So you love the sport, and then at what point do you say, hey, Ma? I'm going to be a wrestler. And what does she say to you? Well, it's, I've, I've been, you know, I told them my whole life, my parents, I want to be a wrestler. I want to be a wrestler. It didn't really hit them until I graduated high school when I was 17. And four days later, like, you know, how when you graduate, 
you get money from relatives and friends. You have a party, and they get yeah. so I, I got it was like twenty seven hundred dollars. And wrestling school was twenty five hundred in Baltimore, um, where Axel and Boombreakers, where I went, where Axel was training at. And um, I said, "All right, I want to take this money and I want to be a wrestler." Um, my parents were like, "You know, at the time I'm five eight. Uh, I haven't grown an inch since. I'm still five eight. Uh, one twenty five. I'm about a buck seventy now. So I did put on some pounds." And they're like, "You're five eight, one twenty five, and you want to become a wrestler. That's and you're going to spend all this money on it." He's like, "You're going to spend this money to break your neck and get hurt." And, and they're like, "No, you need to go to college." And I was like, "I'm going to wrestling school." And I, four days later, after I graduated, I took that money and went to wrestling school. So you you go to the school, you you start your training. Mm-hmm. Is there a point that you're like, mm, "I maybe shouldn't have done this," or you're just like, "You're all in." I was all in. I um I remember. Training was hard, especially this 2002. It was still harder, like in that era. It's a lot easier these days, I think, and it's not a good thing to get he, into. He he came in when we were still killing the guy. You had to pay your dues. Yeah, and okay. I remember you got your ass kicked. Man. Yeah, like excuse I, me. One day after um training, I remember we're all sitting at a Burger King, a bunch of trainees, and they're all like, "Man, this is really rough. This hurts. This you know, this ain't fake at all. It it it, it you take a pounding and, and a couple were talking about quitting. I remember looking at them going, well, I ain't quitting. I just spent $2,500 on this. I ain't quitting. Right. Did, so. a- did Axel, tr- you know, th- it's interesting being trained by an ECW legend R- rather than the traditional training. Th- I mean, what was it like being trained by Axel Rotten? Were you like taking practice chair shots and going through tables? I mean, what? What was, the, ass, what was the what was the curriculum being trained <laughs> by ACW? Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> the people think of Axelrod, and he became popular off of like the Taipei Deathmatch, and mm. you know the hardcore chair swinging freak, mm-hmm. and 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 all that. But Axel was a great worker in the ring. Right. Like he worked the territories, Memphis with Lawler, and all that. If you go back and find any of that film on mm-hmm. Axelrod, he was a great worker in the ring. Oh, his psychology was second to none. You right? know, and he was. If you can look for interviews from Paul Heyman or like Raven or Jake Roberts putting over Axel for having great psychology, having a great mind for the business, and I was very fortunate to get trained by him and become his friend and go on the road with him a little bit on the indies and your thoughts on him when you know he passed well that's that's the that's the thing like he had his demons um you know i'm I'm very blessed to like even though he had his demons i never got into that stuff mm-hmm. and him and i we became just great friends and anytime he would get into that stuff he knew i wasn't about that and he we he would take a break from you know talking to me or speaking to me and, and like because he would go in like spurts like he would go two months without doing anything and then in that two months we would hang out go to the movies go to wrestling shows like well, well that's what i was going to ask you right because it's like you're in the wrestling school let's say he's training you i mean was there a point like you went into his office and oh no 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 something? when he was doing that when he was training all uh, axel was axel was straight, straight. straight. axel straight. was straight now axel axel um actually help part we all learned together me axel barry and all of us and we we started mcw together and uh and i had a monster factory for a long time he trained that and then danny who owns bone breakers and all was one of my students and then i became more famous and couldn't have my school no more so danny started bone breakers and Axel was like, man, let me show you what to do, Dan. And Danny was smart enough to say, yeah. So Axel got all that together and helped Danny out and got everything. To, you but know yeah, when I mean? he was training people, yeah, he Axel, took it Axel seriously. Was a brain, man. It, 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 it's, he it's a damn shame. I'm serious. He was so smart. If you could have sat down and picked his brain, you would have been like, my God, this guy's brilliant. Yeah. It, it, 
if he could have not had the demons we were talking about it on the way up here, I guarantee you he would have been Triple H. He would really? have been, you know, wow. he would have been up there. He would have been unbelievable. Were you he really would have. Were you too able to avoid the pitfalls of this business, the drugs, the the, the things that come with hey, it? Jimmy, I this is the God's honest truth. Is the true straight laced person he's never now? smoked nothing snorted nothing <laughs> taken nothing <laughs> not even a special hash I, I, I have my occasional beverage okay. uh, but he really is the straight laced and you told person. us before the interview that you like italian food yes i do i uh, my fiance is italian cooks italian dinners all the time and i love it and uh yeah so i can't wait to but how about you gil were you into the uh the extra well i never got activity? into the coke and all that but yes um, <laughs> might have smoked a few sparklers. Is that what you yeah, said? Smoked, yeah, smoked a few of them, I'll say. Very nice. Very nice. So Maybe I you? smoked your share and his share. <laughs> and his no, share. What? Hey, Bertie, this way, man. Me and the Godfather are brothers. Okay. Huh? Okay. What did okay. the WWE pay you in the 90s as enhancement, Chow? Oh, um, enhancement? Um, we made we made two fifty a night. Well, but I made it up to five hundred a night. Plus, they paid your hotel. Plus, they gave you travel. Uh, on on a three day deal, I would usually come home with about twenty five hundred bucks. And how often did you work for them at that point? Every two weeks. Hmm. Every two weeks they did three days. They did uh they did raw. Um, uh, I think it was Tuesday Superstars, night main right? event or Saturday night main event, and then uh, was it um. Superstars, right? Superstars, yep. That's not bad for for a couple of minutes. No, no, no. Right? It was great. It was great. You know, it really, it really was. And and I used to take ten and twelve people at a time up there. I used to get a van and come on, guys. All my students went up there and everything. Yeah, and we all met Larry's students. who was Glenn Ruth, D'Lo right. Brown, all them. You know what I'm saying? So let we me, all. Let me ask you this: a lot of a lot of people bitch and moan about the WWE being this billion dollar enterprise. And, you know, you're one of the older wrestlers, and they feel that some of these guys who made Vince McMahon all this type of money should have gotten, like, pensions and 401Ks and all this. Where do you stand on that? Um, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. But to tell you what it's like and what it, the locker room was like back when I was in there, I, I, you know, I was a jobber. I was a broke-ass wrestler, you know what I mean? And I was up there working, and I had been on, they, they had us on for, like, a week. And I had like five grand in my, you know, in my bag, and I came back after a match, and it was gone. Oh, peace. Now I'm freaking out, right? It's yeah. in WWF's locker room, not E WWF. Mm -hmm. I'm freaking out, and I mean, I'm, I'm crying, man. I'm like, my God, there's everything, my bills, everything, man. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Vince, Vince sees the tape, walks over, he goes, what, what happened? I said, Mr. McMahon, I had, you know, I had this money right here, and it, it's gone, it's gone. He said, calm down, Dwayne, calm down, calm down. Walks over to Chief, see him talking to Chief. Chief walks over and goes, here you go. Vince walks back and goes, I'm sorry that happened in my locker room. Wow. Yeah, and well, that's why. You said Chief, Chief J. Strongbow? Oh, yeah, Chief okay. J. Strongbow, of course. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and here's right. the thing, like, they pay you very well. Very well, it's man. It's up to you to save the money. And all that. I mean, pensions will be nice and healthy short. But the thing is, you get paid so much, you can get that on your own. Because right. they, they, like anybody, they, like right. it drives me nuts when guys cry about what they get paid up there. Like ridiculous. We, you money. get paid like man. I remember my first like month's paycheck there. It was more money I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, 
and so when I see like all the wrestlers go on Twitter and I hate Twitter and all that when they right. people cry and complain on there, that's not where you handle business like that. Just in my humble opinion, and I'm like, man, what are you talking about? Like you're making a lot of money. You can like way more than the average person. Like, I, that's what I think about. The average guy makes what forty grand a year. In WWE, you can make that in a month or two. Even like the smallest guy can make that in like four, at least four months. You know, it doesn't take you a whole year at all to so, make that. So I guess you know you're in the newer age of wrestling, right? Right. Where people probably got paid a lot more. You're kind of in the middle, but a lot of them, you know, like maybe a superstar Billy Graham, right? A guy who maybe built the business. Mm, what a right? You know, he's who's pretty much just broke now with tons of medical problems. Right. I mean, do you think? There should be a difference between those guys, those legends who helped well, build the business. I I really feel that that they made their money. Yeah, but they spent it. Right. Can I say something? You can say I everything. made a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. I'm broke. Why? I raised my my cost of living. Right. In other words, I, I lived at a sixty seventy thousand dollar living. Okay. I got that job, you know, the contract, boom, I jumped up three, four $400,000 a year living. New cars, new boats, new house, new this, new that. You lose your job. You're back down to $70,000. But you're still living at three, four hundred thousand. Yeah. So you Fast forward seven years later, you're like, what do you mean declined? Right. I got, oh, that was... So, in, so in ago. hindsight, you I almost got wish you that would, no more. You almost wish in hindsight you had stayed in the you, you, if I'd have stayed regular right, apartment and taken the money and put it in the bank. If and, I'd have stayed where I was, I wouldn't be working today. I wouldn't be out doing construction. I would. Right. I definitely made Vince and the WWF took more than good care of me when I was in there. You but know you, what I mean? But your point is, you spent it. Yeah, right. I, you just spend it. What happens is, I, I always wondered how did, how is he broke? How is he broke? I didn't do anything wrong i just and it, i didn't do drugs or none of that right. i i just lived at a higher lifestyle than the money i was bringing in but when i started living that lifestyle i was bringing in a lot of money right and like i try to explain i hung out with millionaires but i was a thousandaire right Understand. if that makes any sense yeah, it, it does, does. yeah you know yeah. and it just next thing you know you know you're living life and you're like it's gone what mm. what it what happened? You're a human being, you know, man. Right? Some people are very, very smart <laughs> and save oh, their James. money. Well, yeah. I have. So, James, do you have enough money in the, in the kitty that you could call it a day and maybe just chill out the rest of your life? Well, you have to be we, smart with it. Like you said, like I, I have an 8-year-old and a 5-year-old, two daughters, and I... I mean, here's how I'm dressed. These shorts were free. The shirt was free. The hat was free. <laughs> like, I don't I don't need anything for me. Like, I, I've, I have what I See need. See what I mean? And yeah, he's careful. What is so, he stayed where he is. Yeah. So to me, it's like I'm gonna make sure my daughters get what they need for you know the are remainder. Ma- of the are time. mom and dad still with us? What's that? Your parents are they still? Oh with yeah. Us? Yes. So do you ever turn to him and go, "Best twenty five hundred bucks or $2,500? Oh yeah. They, oh, you must rub that. Oh, oh, you know it. it. <laughs> but yeah, they. By the way, <laughs> you know that they on, they uh, they crow with that one. Yeah, it was very fun. <laughs> when, when you. James, when you debuted with the WWE and you took that vicious beating from Braun Strowman, mm-hmm. right? You go behind the curtain afterwards. Did it occur to you at all that what you had just done was going to... Well, here's the uh, story. So, <laughs> it's a great story, and I'll make it quick. But So, I'm in Gorilla, and the match before me was Sasha Banks. Um, she just won her first women's title right before I went out there and wrestled Strowman. Okay. So... 
enhancement talent, like they're they're like, yeah, you're gonna go kind of through the crowd and around to the bell uh, uh, keeper's table where they have the bell and all, and you get in the ring that way. You don't go down the ramp. So like Sasha Banks, I was a big fan of Sasha Banks and still am. And um, so she won the title. Comes through the curtain. I'm watching Stephanie McMahon hug her and Triple H hug her. And I'm just I'm like about to wrestle Strowman next in that match. And they're like, kid, you gotta go, you gotta go. And I forgot that they told me to like go down the side of the ramp and walk through the crowd. And go. I walk down the ramp, straight down the ramp. So and and I'm and this this is a good point to the story later. So I go straight down the ramp, and the referee's looking for me, and he's like, "Where the hell is, like, is the kid?" So I get in the ring. And he's like, "You know, you weren't supposed to walk down the ramp." I was like, "Oh yeah, man, I forgot. I'm sorry." <laughs> you know, like I apologize to the ref yeah, in the man. ring. This is a door to commercial break or whatever. Uh-huh. So it's time to do the promo with Brian Saxton in the ring. Do the promo and like you know. As a, as a performer, you know right away if the promo is good or not in your head. Like it was, and when I was done, I was like, "Man, I think I really nailed that." Yeah, like, you, I, you it did. just felt good. Yeah, you did. And then, like, when Braun came down, and I'm like, "I'm just." To me, I thought this is going to be my only match in WWE ever. Right. Like, it's not like Dwayne's days where they had enhancement talent every week. Mm-hmm. Like, and they had you know the same enhancement talent every right. week. They like because the way they do it now is the different towns they go to. They use the guys in that town. So. I, I do the match with Braun, and when I was over with, I was like, man, I think I, like, I really felt like I did good, and you don't think that all the time, and, uh-huh. I, and this, I was nervous, it's my first time in a WWE ring, and so I get to the back, and Arn Anderson was the producer, he goes, James, you did a hell of a job, he goes, uh, Vince wants to see you, and I was like, Vin- Ooh, Vince wants to see me, sweet. and I'm thinking, Vince is going to chew me out for walking yeah. down the <laughs> ramp, right. Logical. and I'm Logical. like scared, I'm about to pee my pants, this and that, so I, I go up. I go up to the uh, gorilla, and Vince and Triple H are coming down the stairs. The gorilla, he's like, James, James, come here. And he's looking for me. I'm like, so, I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to chew me out. No, he's shocked he even knows your name, right? I, I guess he, um, you know, he just was watching the show. What it was at his head right there, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he goes, James, come here. And I'm like, man, he's going to yell at me about the ramp. I'm apologize. I'm a, like, in my head, I'm apology. coming up with my apology. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. and, you know, I just got excited. I'm sorry, you know. And he goes, he's like. You did a hell of a job. You caught a hell of a promo. You sold really good. He goes, I'm, I'm going to hire you. Wow. And 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 I thought he was just kidding. I laughed. I said, oh, thanks, sir. He goes, no, no, I'll be in touch. And Triple H shook my hand. He said, yeah, he's he'll be in touch. We, wow. we promise. So at that point, are you thinking, I better get myself a lawyer to negotiate and, and so, you know, I, I mean, kept... Do you go out to the car and throw your fist in so the yeah, air? The car, I mean, that's, so yeah, the car, So the car, the car gets real interesting. I, I'm in the back. This I mean, is it here, watch. Yeah, I mean, catering all of it until the show's over, and I'm not saying a word to anybody about when Vince said to me. Sure. So I get in the car, and I just start, like, every, all these thoughts are going through my head, and my phone's blowing up with all these memes and stuff of me, and, yeah. and then I get a call. I, I had a friend there that was a referee, and he's still there, and um, he said, hey, uh, Chris Jericho wants to talk to you. And I'm like, what? Uh, and, he, and Chris Jericho gets on the phone. And he said, dude, you really did an amazing job. That's, he said, that's the best enhancement talent job I've seen in a long time. You did wow. it. And then, like, Enzo Amore gets on the phone and he said, you're going to be a star. I was in Gorilla. Watch Vince react to you. Usually, you're going to be a star. And I'm like, who's ribbing me? This is a great rib. Well, right. So I'm right. driving to, like, we had Buffalo as an extra the next day for SmackDown. We had Buffalo. And I'm, like, driving to Buffalo from Pittsburgh. And um, I'm like, man, what's going on? Like, what? It, I, I'm like laying in bed that night, couldn't sleep. I'm like, what is this real? Like, am I gonna wake up? Yeah. And the next day, I walk in, and one of the cameramen there go, "Hey, like Vince is high on you. He's, you know, you're you're gonna be here soon." And so, yeah, I, I leave that night, and I'm like, what? And so every week they would contact me for six weeks straight, contact me with ideas, 
and six weeks goes by, and I'm like, man, they're not doing anything. It's been six weeks, and right. then finally they call me, and I do SmackDown um, the first time, and then the rest is just history. He kept his word. He told me he was going to hire me, and he did. Like, and it's did. that cool. All right, with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Be right back. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen every Thursday, produced at Indie Music TV in Ron Conkerman, New York. We have our special guest, WWE superstars, Mr. James Ellsworth and Gilbert. Thank you, guys. Love it. Uh, so, James, I'm going to hit you with a hard one. Ooh. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Boy, can you talk about the whole sexual harassment oh, yeah. problem that you had with that uh, 16-year-old? Well, here's the thing. So I, um, I've i never been investigated for anything in my life. I've never been arrested for anything in my life. I've never been charged with anything in my life. I also have never put anybody in a position they didn't want to be in. I feel bad for anyone that's ever been put in a position that they don't want to be in, but that wasn't a true story that was a fabricated story when it was very untrue and again it's been a couple of years now mm-hmm. and um you know i and again i feel bad for anybody that goes through that i know there's a lot going on on the internet right now and all that and, and the stories that are true i feel bad for those people and i hope they get the justice they deserve but at the same time there's people that tell untrue stories so and i feel bad for the people that have been through that as well Describe your emotions when you're accused of this, knowing damn well you had this is a bunch of BS. Uh, it, it's hard, man, because you can't defend yourself on the internet when you're a, a celebrity. Because people they want to believe it. They instantly. want the it's dirty true. truth and not the clean story. Right. And you know me, I'm a father of of two uh, daughters, an eight year old and a five year old, and I'm always going to teach them. If if someone's putting you in a situation where you're uncomfortable, you tell them right away. And if they don't stop, you come to me. Or you go to the police, or you go to their parent, or you, you go to someone right away. You get in front of it. You don't dwell on it, and you don't you don't go go to Twitter, and then because if you go like on the internet and you say, "Oh, this person did this," and then people reacted to it, and, and you feel like you're empowered because these people are reacting to it. So then you're gonna you're gonna continue with it, like the story, and you and you and it starts getting fabricated and untrue because you know you're feeling powerful because these people are reacting to you. So. Like I said, I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. My kids live with me. I'm a father, and um, and like I'm going to tell them, you got you have to get in front of that right away, and you got to take care of it. You can't let people put you in any situation you want to be in. And again, I can say with an honest hand in the air, I have never done that to anyone. I will never do that to anyone. I'm engaged to a beautiful woman. Her next birthday is her thirtieth birthday. <laughs> She's very beautiful. You can look her up on social media. My daughters live with me, and you know it, it sucks when. People who are put in those situations, but I have thick skin. I'm very blessed with that, and I just move on. It's been a couple of years. Nobody can argue my my record. Anybody can look anybody's record up, you know. And um, 
I feel like if people felt feel like they've been put into the position, then you seek the justice that you deserve. You go to the police. You go to the authorities. You, you know, that's what you do. Like, I, and because nobody should ever be put in a situation they don't want to be in. Mm. Well, because both of you, both of you, two different eras, right? So, in the '90s, what was it like for women's wrestlers, Gilbert? Was it difficult for them? Were they harassed? I mean, we had Tito. No, 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 no. They weren't harassed at all. Were they treated in the nineties? Actually, the women's the women's locker room and stuff like that was taboo. You didn't go near it. You didn't mess with the women. You didn't touch the women. And that, how is it yeah. now, James? Is it that way now? Well, you know, I was very blessed to work with the women in WWE, sure. and okay. I I all don't right. think any of them have ever said a bad word about me, to my acknowledgement. Right? Like I don't and. I had a blast working with them, and they had a blast working with me. We, there was never an issue. Carmella, for instance, I mean, we work together every day. And, no, they don't – they're very well protected at WWE. Like, they have their own locker room. You know, the men have their own locker room. There's there's, there's no – they don't seem uncomfortable at all. And, um, and I had a blast working with them, some of the most talented women in the world. Like, and um, – you know, and uh, like I said, it doesn't seem like there's anything crazy going on there to me when I was there. And I worked with the women every day. So, so you, you mentioned Carmella. Can you speak about your relationship with her? How was it working with her? Um, I always tell everybody she's a very intelligent woman. What I mean by that is she knows if she's if she feels like she's getting stale or something's not working, she hurries up and reinvents herself and fixes it. Like there was a point where she, had, you know, she had blonde hair and she dyed it, you know, brunette for a little bit just to change herself up. Right. She always wears different gear for the pay-per-views. She actually pitched the idea for me to be with her to Vince herself. That was her idea because you know it, she wasn't doing anything at the time. She was feuding with Nikki Bella and just doing jobs to Nikki Bella, and that was about to be over. And the stuff with AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, and myself was about to be over. And she was like. You know, pitch the idea to Vince. Well, what if you put him with me and I use him to win matches? I manipulate him and to help me get to, you know, the women's title. And I, it was an outstanding idea. Again, she's an intelligent woman. Um, and it, it worked out for her. It, we, it got her to where she wanted to be. It made her a bigger star. I helped her become a bigger star. Mm-hmm. And to this day, if I text her, she texts me right back. Um, in May, May 9th is my 8-year-old's birthday. She loves Carmella, so I asked Carmella to make a video to send to my daughter, and she did it right away. Like, so she's awesome to me, and I've always been awesome to her. And I like she hasn't done much lately on TV, and I I, I always root for her. Like, I'm hoping something happens soon with her, and, and she moves on to a big storyline, and 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 continues to do well because I think she's entertaining. I think she's a hell of a talent, and again, she's very smart, so something will happen soon with her. I'm a big fan of the women's division, have been. Uh, Farrell, on the other hand, is kind of eh, iffy on it. It depends. I, I like some You guys them. weigh in. Do you feel that maybe the women's division, the push of the women, have hurt the industry, or what are you guys' opinion on that? Um, No, I, I think who, who's I think who's ever over is over. Who's ever popular is popular, whether it's a man or a woman. Becky Lynch, at the end of 2018, going into 2019, was the most popular wrestler on the show, was mm-hmm. Becky Lynch. She got white hot. It was cool when Nia Jax accidentally hit her and broke her nose. It was cool for her, you know, because the blood, and she's up in the fans and doing a pose, and blood's coming down her nose. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's the biggest star in the business. Mm-hmm. And it had nothing to do with her being a woman. It had everything 
to do with her being a talented wrestler and a talented performer. Mm-hmm. No, and she took that all the way to the main event of WrestleMania. I, like to me, and I love Charlotte. I do. Like I thought, man, Ronda and Becky. This is what people want to see: Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch one on one in the main event of WrestleMania. And it's cool that Charlotte got to be a part of that history, and I understand it. In my humble opinion, I, th- I believe it's because Becky and Charlotte are going to be there for years, 10 years plus. So you put Charlotte in that spot because she's your girl. Ronda is there to help the women's division you know, get more over because she's a huge star around the world, and that helped. Um, I, I always felt they put Charlotte in there because they were afraid that Ronda wouldn't be able to hang in there with Becky, and they needed a buffer in case that happened. Well, yeah, that's, that's a good opinion. Um, I, I really just believe it's because they wanted the history of that women's first main event yeah, of WrestleMania uh, to feature two of their girls. I honestly was hoping for Charlotte versus Ronda one-on-one. Yeah, they I, they wanted I, up getting wanted, to that, right? I wanted the I wanted Flair at, at WrestleMania. I wanted those those two to just so, go out at one on one. So so but to go back to your point, so I don't think it's hurt the in- industry. I just think who's ever over is if if a woman is more popular than a man, then that woman needs to be on the top of the card. Mm-hmm. If a man's more popular than a woman, then that man has to be on top of the card. And that's why Becky got to the top of the card because she was the most popular performer on the show. What about you, Gil? What's your weigh in on this? I'm going to call you Gil. I hope you don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind. Gilbert's no, no. Long. That's what everybody calls Gil Brooks Long. Um, extra, too much. Too much for my I, I like a lot syllable. of the women. What do you, what do you, like anyway. Flair and all that. But the, I, I really, <laughs> I hate to say it, but the Becky Lynch thing I didn't get. You know, I'm the man, I'm, I'm the man, I'm, I'm the man. I'm sort of with you on this You're one, a woman, okay. you're a woman. Shut up. Oh, I'm the man. Oh, I'm pregnant. Hey, man, where's, how are you getting nah, pregnant? I don't think she was saying she is a man. I'm Like, the man's kind of a saying, <laughs> I'm right? I'm the man, I'm pregnant. Yeah. That's classic. You know oh what I'm God. saying? Come on. I, yeah. but, but I, I, I think the overall pushing the women's division has hurt the I men's like division. I like the push of the women's division. I don't think it's hurt the division. How about that? Do you think the women's division has been a little forced as far as the push? Because coming from someone who's been watching... And it's, it's been so a little long. forced. It's it feels been a little, a little forced, forced. But it's also drawn a lot of new fans. Like, for example, when, when Ellsworth won the first ever women's money in the <laughs> bike ladder match, you got some major heat. Oh, yeah. Awesome. yeah. You're awful, awesome. you lousy man. I and hate that's you. Man. What we were going for. Yeah. And to your point there. Loved so, it. So Loved it. I take away that moment from them because I'll do anything for Carmella's the mm-hmm. gimmick. Give her the briefcase. So people are like, such a great moment. And then on Twitter, like all the girls in WWE were tweeting about it, and I would retweet it, and, and like I told Bar- Bailey to go hug herself and all this cool stuff. Go and, hug yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's and great. W- was there talk by the WWE to make you kind of the new Andy Kaufman what? and you getting into the women's division and challenging? Oh there was talk of me doing that, and I wanted to do that it. That would have been and great. Gilberg managing you. That would have been. Great. I would uh, love we, it. We would uh, love to do we, that. I, <laughs> I really think that that would be one of the things they, I think they need. Entertainment up so, there. Yeah, yeah. Right after that, we uh, could entertain the hell out of a crowd, man. Right after that, Money in the Bank, though, like they always knew they were going to do the second one. Okay, and that, that's business. So right. going into the first one, we knew we were going to do the second one. The whole storyline where they strip Carmella of it, and we do another one. And they were like, "This is going to pop a rating on SmackDown." This because this is controversy, and controversy okay. creates cast. It creates <laughs> ratings. So they did. They popped the rating on SmackDown. Like, like I think it was like six hundred thousand more people watched SmackDown that week than the previous wow, week. Right. That's and a big and I wish I wrestled Becky Lynch four months later, right on SmackDown. Four or five months later, after the Money in the Bank, she. I remember she pitched to wrestle me at SummerSlam, which would have been a month later. 
I wish they would have did that because the heat is fresh at that moment. She pitched to wrestle. Yes. Too. Very interesting. And, and Becky's okay. great, man. Brett, Becky, she became as popular as she did because she's very smart. She's she's so awesome. She's a great performer, but she knew the heat was there. And, I, like, she was about to win the uh, contract, and I pushed her off the ladder, so the story's there. Like, have her and I wrestle right. each other, and we did four or five months later, but they were, like, I think they were iffy about it at first. Like, I don't know if we should have a man wrestle. We, they didn't know. But, like, what, here's my take on intergender wrestling. Like, I'm not against man it. Man wrestle a woman? <laughs> I, I'm not against it. But when you have a character like Gilbert who wrestled Luna Vachon. Right. <laughs> there you go. Or you have a James Ellsworth character who, 5'8", 170, I don't look like a threat to a woman, right? Mm. So, like, if <laughs> Becky Lynch has beat me up or Asuka's beat me up, like, nobody's going to blink an eye. They'll be like, yeah, that's what he gets. Yeah, Asuka's whooping his butt or Becky's whooping. And nobody's thinking, oh, this is fake. Like, Asuka can't beat him up or right. Becky can't right. beat him up. They're, like, right. it makes sense. Like, so I think, like, there's... Not like a Tessa Blanchard beating up, uh... Like, Brian Cage? Yeah, Like, exactly, and Tessa's yeah. awesome, and I, I love Tessa. You know, like, I'm... You know, I'm yeah. not against them wrestling each other, but like, you it's know, unrealistic. It's, it's at the same bro. time, brought like I personally, if I was booking that, Brian Cage would win. You know, but yeah. I'm not against them. How about it would be over in five seconds? How about that? I'm saying it, not you. I'm right, saying right. It. Give me a break. Like, I'm not against them wrestling each other, but like, if I was booking it myself, bro, like Tessa would put up a little bit of a fight, and Brian, right. you know, would win in the end. That, right. That's how I would do. But that's how I would book me versus Brian Cage. I would right. Try, right. try, 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 and he would kill me. You know. Right. Right. Same thing. Makes sense. Right. Gil- Gilbert, many times in the in the history, well, not many times, but several times in history, other other wrestlers have attempted to do a takeoff of a, of a successful established pro wrestler. Some of them failed miserably, like the the Nash and Hall deal with the right. fake Razor fake, Ramon. Fake oh, diesel. Yeah. However, fake it's the late 90s. Goldberg is basically the biggest thing going besides Stone Cold Steve Austin's. The ratings are through the roof. And I turn on the TV one day, and all of a sudden I see Gilberg. This has to be one of the most successful takeoffs on a wrestler I have ever seen. This was hilarious. Were you nervous when they came to you and said, you're going to be imitating that big dude over at WCW? Did you think to yourself, this guy going to be pissed at me? We I expect- made it up. You made it up? Oh, yeah. Okay. I Tell us. I was doing it on the independents. Nice. And uh, I was actually... I. You know, got my contract and everything is Dwayne Gill won the title and I was on the job squad. Okay. And we were doing a house show and I was talking to Percy and uh, Kane in the back. And, uh, you know, telling him, yeah, I, mean, I was doing, I was making fun of the boys on the Independence, man. I said, I did the Underfaker. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I did Stone Old. Stone I Old! I took, I took swim, you know, funny. swim, swim foams, you know, those tubes, yeah. and made braces out of them. And all <laughs> came out with a walker and everything, you know. I did Stone Old. I was Stone Old Steve Boston. <laughs> nice, <laughs> this nice. This is great. Oh and then God. I said, and then I did Gilbert. And, okay. he, and, and they're all like, ah! And then Percy goes, <gasps> Gilbert. Wait a minute. Old oh, Dwayne Gill, you may have something there, young man. And uh, I laughed, and then every time I walked by him during the hall that night, it was Gilbert. Oh, Gilbert. Kane kept doing it, and Perth kept doing it. Kane. So the next day, I went to catering, and we're getting ready to do TVs, and uh, you know, I got my plate and all, and. and Person, I got the boys. The boys are going, Gilbert. So I put the plate down. Went, ah! There it is. Everybody laughed and cracked up. And that was, I thought that was it. So we did the tapings. Then I went home, you know, and 
like Wednesday, I get a call and they're like, so I understand you do this uh, Goldberg impersonation. And I said, yeah, it's called Gilbert. He's kind of funny. And I said, good, bring everything you got. You're doing it. Wow. And I went, huh? <laughs> and he went, yeah, I said, I don't want to lose my title, man. I said, I just won. You know, I don't want to lose my title. And I go, that's the beauty of it. You're going to wrestle heavyweights. You're a light heavyweight. Right. And so the count goes, minus one, minus two. I said, okay, you got it. I'll bring everything with me. So I came up there, and come the night of doing it, I'm okay. You know, everything's fine. And Vince comes up, and he goes, so, Dwayne, tonight's the night, huh? And I go, yes, sir. And he goes, you know, everybody's going to be watching you. I'm counting on you. And I go, yes, sir. And he walks away, and it was like, ah, shh. I mean, everything just, I was done. And actually, I was worried. I was worried. I was writing trip weights. Came up to me about half hour for the show. And he goes, Dwayne, what's wrong, man? And I go, oh, man. Hunter, man, you know, Vince did this. Vince, he goes, Dwayne, 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 Dwayne. You're doing a parody. He said, remember when I did the croc and all that stuff? We were like, hey, oh, doing all. He the said, croc. man, you could go out there. It don't matter. He said, if you're walking down the ramp, you trip and fall. He said, roll down to the bottom and jump up and go, ah. He said, you'll right. be fine, man. That's right. He said, you yeah. just make it fun of them. No matter what you do, you can't do nothing wrong. And I went, right. oh, man. Yeah, you're right. And that took all the weight off me. And if you notice on the first one, I didn't realize it, but I had Chuck Norris gloves. And they got a steel bar across here. And I come out and I went, ah, wham! And you see me go like this. Right, like, right. Whoa, I ain't doing that no more. <laughs> so are you thinking to yourself, oh man, I, I, if I could have a losing streak, I could be in the company for a long time. <laughs> this game, right? Yeah, well, Luna, Luna, they, they wanted me to wrestle Edge. And I was like, well, we're making fun of the guy, right? And they're like, yeah. I said, well, why don't you give me Luna Vashon? And Luna's going, no, 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 Dwayne, this is wrong. No, 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 no. I said, Luna, come on, man. I said, be for real, you'd probably kick my ass in real life. <laughs> and if you knew Luna, she would kick my ass in real life. <laughs> so I said, let's do it. And then finally she said, okay. I know someone who can give you uh, Israeli jiu-jitsu lessons <laughs> in case you ever need to. <laughs> but uh, in the middle of the match, if you remember, right in the middle of the match, we ran in. Like, she whipped me into the road, so we ran and we stopped right in the middle. And she went, I forgot. And I just went, ball shot. Because that's the first thing that came to me. And she dropped that. She went, pow, and smacked my ass so hard. But when she did, I grabbed her arm right. with my legs and held on to it. She's going, let go, you son of a bitch. You better let go of me. You better let go of me right now. I'm going, ow, right in her face. And she's going, I'm going to kill you. I swear, I'm going to kill you. And as I fell over, she's going, I'm going to kill you. I swear, you're dead, baby. <laughs> yeah, but it was, I was so glad and honored to do that with her. I really was. She she made me, you know what I mean? She mm. she did that for me. You Who know? Came if up I wouldn't have wrestled her, I don't think none of this would have worked. Who came up with the sparklers? Um, actually, I WWE. I, f- I, I didn't come up with sparklers. They that, came up with that. That was hilarious. What, what was the most you each got paid for one match? Ooh. Me, I, I walked out to Ooh. the King of the Ring, walked in and went, ah! I got pushed out and made twenty five thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! Forty one seconds for one blast. Forty one <laughs> seconds, brother. Forty one seconds. I don't. I don't like to say. Man, we should have been what? wrestlers. I don't like to say. Uh, one second. What do you got? I don't like to say exact numbers, but uh, WrestleMania. I was on WrestleMania. Yeah. Very 
blessed and fortunate. And um, it was around what he's saying for WrestleMania. And all I did was I'd walk Carmella to the ring. I took one bump from Becky Lynch, which, mm-hmm. I mean, you're taking a bump at WrestleMania. It's, it, it does not get any bigger than that. You do it for free. Right. Yeah, you ain't going to feel it right. anyway because you're right. so 75,000 people in Orlando. Right. But, yeah, it was around. It's, you know, they, like, again. They pay you very well. That's why I laugh at so these guys that say they don't. That's what I'm trying to say. These guys, they, they go to war, these wrestling experts, oh, about like God, how do they ever, wrestlers are being robbed uh, by the evil Vince McMahon. They've never wrestled. <laughs> they've, they've never had the contract. They've, I can't I, like, I can't go up to a, a baseball player like like Judge, right, yeah. that plays for the Yankees. I can't mm-hmm. go... Well, he's being mistreated or he's been be, being treated like a guy. I don't know because I've never been in his shoes. Right. I don't know how to hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball because I've never batted in the major leagues. Like, so when these experts, and, like, I don't hate them, I think a lot of them are doing a great job of making money because they're working people just like wrestlers. Sure. You know, and, yeah. and good for them. And oh, I, yeah. I, 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 you know, that that's good for them. But at the same time, if you've never done it, if you've never batted, and been thrown a 95-mile-an-hour fastball and hit it and know mm. how to hit it. It's the same thing with any profession. You, if mm. you've never done it, you can't. There's no way you can really, truly understand it. Well, because I saw yeah, your face when we were speaking what? about the wrestler, and that's like the dark side of the guy who just blew his life away right. and is stuck his cash. trying to figure out a way to make and a dime. That's everything but, up. But the reality is, like you're saying, right? Yeah. More people do more. Well, you know why that movie I said I touched on earlier was very real to me? Because it reminded me so much of Axel, and I was a friend of Axel. And Axel made money in the business. He, he went around the world, Japan, all you know, everywhere, the ECW, and um, he's he, he had... A WWE contract in his lap, and he had a couple of them. Yeah, and it didn't really? work out. And you know, he um, he did TNA hardcore. Remember, they did that ECW TNA show. He was on that. And TNA was going to offer him a contract with balls, and he's had plenty of opportunities. But he winded up like Mickey Rourke and the wrestler because he was addicted to stuff, and mm. you know, and he couldn't do another job because when you're a performer, a wrestler, it's hard to go back to being a regular person. I personally haven't done it yet. I. Like I still do very well in the indies and selling merchandise. I'm very blessed. Like, but like I could like I'm going to try to invest my body where I don't have to because I couldn't imagine not doing this. Like, but that's, but that's a great point, right? It's like you were talking earlier when you met Gil, right? It's like he's turning a light bulb. It's got to be hard to go from yeah. being seen by millions of people and people worshiping Bro, you. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I say to him, I go, "You are a cheap son of a," <laughs> <laughs> and I go, "But." I'm not putting you down, brother, because I wish I would have did what I, you're doing. I right. saved the money I for wish my kids. I would have saved I my truly... money. I swear to God. I, I would be on easy street right now. I, it's for yeah. my kids. I truly just want them to make I'm so making that, sure they're always okay. He's a great father <laughs> and all. Man. He really is an awesome person. If you knew the person like I know him, you'd, you'd be like, wow, that's, that's James Ellsworth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and like you were saying, though, and what gets me, too, is when the wrestlers complain about what they're getting paid for. Hey, bro, um, six months ago, weren't you just driving for Uber? Uh, 200 miles <laughs> and making 75 hours, but you spent 125 to make the 75? It, and now, now you're making $30,000 a match and you're complaining? Well, if you're on the WWE main roster, you're making six figures. Yeah. But so, you know but this, well, here's my question. Here's a solid question. A lot of you guys have lots of money, right? Why do you guys continue to do 
shows like this are because it, it's the love, brother. Well, not it's only the love, not only the love, like it's uh, everything. I could sit around for years and watch all my money go bye bye, <laughs> or I could still make money and keep going and, and save as much money as possible. Yeah, but I mean, couldn't you take some of the money that you invest, you know, that you have invested, mm-hmm. open a business, maybe yes. run a business? Yes, you could. Or but is it that you're addicted that no, people what did he love just you? Say? I can't see myself going back to the working life. Right. This is what I do. To your point. This is see, for me it was a hell of a transition to go from being on the road twenty eight days a month, man, wrestling everywhere to okay, now let's get up four o'clock in the morning, let's get the truck started and let's load up the tools and go out inside the house. Mm. Um You know what I mean? Like I I still make a good living wrestling. Like I when I do indie shows, like I had three. I have three things this weekend to do. I had a show yesterday, this today, and then um, I have another thing tomorrow. So, like, I'm still doing well, like making money off but, of wrestling. What about the psychology of it? Right, you were talking about being famous, and but now you play. Both of you played in huge stadiums, seventy thousand, mm-hmm. hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. You go to an indie show, fifty people, ten people, ah, twenty that's, people. That's just the, that's the, the business. Ha- but that doesn't play on your side no, at all. No, it's like whatever. No, no it, it's I love to perform. I have so much yeah. fun when I'm in in the ring performing, doing my character. I love the James Ellsworth character. James Ellsworth. He went from being like a, a baby face that was just so happy to be there and so full of life, and he'll fight anybody and give it a chance. Any man with two hands will fight you. Then like he was with Carmella and um. What was that movie that the the guy that was the nerdy guy that paid the girl? Um, and Can't high, buy me love. Can't buy me love. Yeah. That's what that character was. He he paid the girl, the prettiest girl in high school, to date to pretend to date him, and then he felt like you know because everybody else started giving him attention because he was dating the prettiest girl. Now he felt like he was the man. He was he, he felt like he was really this this hot guy. So. Once James Ellsworth was Carmella for a while, that's what James Ellsworth felt like. That you know, she changed his clothes, and now he has this swag, and he thinks he's like this this hot guy. Now that's what it reminded me of. So I just love playing characters like that. And when I do it on indie shows, I it's the same thing. It doesn't matter if it's fifty people or fifty thousand. I've been in front of both. It I just love getting a reaction out of those people by using the art form of professional wrestling because I think. Professional wrestling is the greatest art form and the most unique art form in the world. I love it. Wow. With that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen every Thursday, produced out of Indie Music TV in Ron Conkham in New York. James, real quick question for you. If you were older and you started professional wrestling, saying back in the 70s or early 80s, do you think the James Ellsworth character would have been ever given a chance by, say, a... Uh, an Ole, or an Ole Anderson or a Vince Senior, or do you think it just... I don't know. You had Sam Houston back in the day, right? What's that? Sam, Sam Houston. Houston. You had Sam Who? Houston. 
You don't know Sam Houston? Of course I don't. <laughs> <Sam Houston. laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So he was a smaller guy. I don't know, man. Like I feel like I just me personally would I would always I would somehow find a way. Like I did this day and age. I mean, right. like I don't look like you got to be GQ. You got to look but like you a think, model. But do you when think you, do you think you would you you think you would have made the money you made? I I was, I I try to be confident. Not that amount. Though. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> not that amount. No. No to way. me, like, I just never in my mind thought I wasn't going to be. Right. <laughs> so, man, I don't care what era it was. I feel like right. I would have found a way. Well, we pinned Bob but back Backlund three times. I can't pin Bob back. <laughs> you know, back in that era, you yeah. also had Dory Funk, you had Pat Patterson. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. All those, they're all small sure, guys. Sure. I'm smaller than them. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously nobody knows because I wasn't in that era, but... I would like to think I would have definitely gave it a chance, you know. Speaking of errors, Gilbert, can you compare the wrestling back in the Attitude Era to the wrestling you've seen in recent days, even leading up to your retirement? No, you can't compare changed? it. You can't compare it. Okay, tell it's me why. Nothing. What are the it's nothing like it was in the Attitude Era. Give me some examples. Uh, to me, all I see is 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 it's it's basically uh, there's no camaraderie like what used to be. Everybody's trying to cut everybody's throat. Back in the day, it was a it was a I mean, it was a brotherhood, man. I mean, you didn't say stuff. You didn't do nothing. What was in that locker room was in that locker room, bro. That's Inter- it. Internet ruined everything? It, it ruined everything ruined as everything. far as I'm concerned. I but, can see it. But at the same time, it helps the independent wrestler out because you get the contact with the fans. Like, your show. Yeah. Without your show, that's we right. can't get in touch with the fans. And without fans, there is no us. Mm-hmm. And that that's what's wrong with wrestling today. There's no fans. That's why it's going, brrr. you need the crowd. You need the fans. Watching it, just watching this stuff, it, it's it. They're dying. Do you feel that Corona could ultimately cripple and and put it put a stop to pro wrestling in general on television? I mean, no, how, I don't how think you'll ever stop pro wrestling. I mean, there's no live crowds. What are you what are you saying as far as the COVID? It, it's gonna we're gonna be okay in okay. a little bit here. I, that, that's my belief. I don't. Where, you know. where did the wrestling fan change though? Right. So you grew up right. We we grew up on Bob Backlund. Yeah. Don Morocco, Bob Backlund. Greatest Valentine. matches we Don't forget we, we talk about it all the time. I <laughs> I can't go back to the network and watch them anymore because they're just not as good as I remember them being. Oh, I have no problem. But it's doing like that. when did it turn that you know wrestling became what it is now? Women's movement. No women's I, movement. He's big on that women's. when I business turned. That's when the business turned. I think and started like. Not being the business, not being you know, it's not really you don't. Nobody really sells. You see eighty-five moves that should kill somebody in a match, and they kick right out and come up and start punching. But what does that that have to do with the women's movement? Right. But that—that's when it all really started. That's when it all really started. That's when it all really. You know what I think happened? Here's here's my theory. So an attitude error, right? Like we have Stone Cold whipping his boss. We have. We have the Rock, like saying all these great what? catchphrases and all the all this. You got cool, the nation of domination, right. like all this Which cool stuff, go, right? All yeah. this cool stuff. You couldn't stuff. do today. So now it's PG. You can't follow that. You can't follow a badass guy flipping off his boss and beating up his boss. You right. can't follow the Rock saying all kinds of out, calling people hermaphrodites. Right, and all. Right, right. So like I think Boom, tang pie. <laughs> I think the the ratings war in the '90s between WCW WWF. Like they had to outdo each other, and they had to push you go to go to that limit and push that button to to outdo each other. And, and 
I don't think you can. But why follow can't it. you now? Why can't you now? You can't. It's well, bleeding heart. We live in an era where that cannot happen. You can't happen. say that. You can't well, do you know, that. You no, I, we, we, we had, had, we had just incredible feelings. And he was what saying, happened to a joke? Well, but just incredible. Right. Just incredible was saying, look, if he was in charge, he would push the envelope a little. So right. I, I asked him the question. I said, okay, you're both running an organization, right? You're running the WWE. Pushing right the now. envelope, keep You in have mind. your corporate okay. sponsors, and I'm your writer. And I go, hey, and James, Gill, I got this great idea. Tell me what you think about this, because this is going to be a home run. You're going to love this. We have a interview show uh-huh. where the host is going to make fun of someone's uh, ethnic background. Ethnic background. Hit them with bananas, and then finally hit them over the head with a coconut. Sound familiar, guys? What, what do you think? What do you think about yeah, you that? Can't, would, you can't today, do that anymore. Yeah. Today, as soon as you said ethnic background, right. done. Because Justin, who was just done. saying, I would get more aggressive when he threw that by just was like, I'm not doing that. Well, guess what? That's why we're never going to have what we used so, to but have. I think there's ways you can make <laughs> – I, I do think there's ways that you can make stuff more interesting. Like, I was watching like, – I'll give you an example. Like, I love playing Booker in my head. It's just fun for me. Right. Like, sure. I, I ultimately maybe want to write a book somewhere big one day that's okay. maybe another goal of mine. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, like, I'm watching, like, NXT, right? And, and it's hard for NXT. You know what's hard for NXT? As soon as people get over on NXT and become popular mm-hmm. and people are tuning in to see them, they bring them up. they're going to the main roster. Like, Matt Riddle's, like, the latest one who's very popular, very awesome. good, very yeah. entertaining. I, like I mean, he is a complete star, and now yep. he's on SmackDown. He's away from NXT. But yep. WWE fans are going, who is that? Right. It's, uh, you know, like, it's it's different. So, like, Keith Lee and... um. And Karrion Cross are feuding right now. Right. And I'm watching it, and, like, they're doing these things where Karrion Cross is popping up on the screen, and, 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 and you know, Keith Lee's in the ring. They did the whole Rocky Drago thing where Dodjakovic's yeah. getting choked out by... Uh, he dies, he dies. And he, and he died. They did that whole thing, which was cool, right? So, man, like, I was like, man, I hope they, like, followed up with next week like, with something like this where Keith Lee comes out, and he, he wants, you know, he sits a chair in the ring, and he wants uh, Cross in the ring right now. He's not leaving. Okay. And Cross comes out. And they get into a brawl, right? The you know, like you have like the security run out, and mm-hmm. Keith Lee and Killer and uh, Carrying Cross destroy all the security guards. All the other wrestlers, the wrestlers I'm come out. Uh, the wrestlers come out, cool. and they're trying to break them up. And Keith Lee and, and Cross destroy all the wrestlers. Then then you have police, and they're beating up the police. And here comes the SWAT right. team, and they, they the tase them. Yeah, they tase them. Right, and and they right. arrest they arrest Keith Lee and and Cross. And they're putting them in the car, and it's a big. And that's how you start the show, right? right? And then at like nine o'clock, you know, the commentators are going, "We're getting word that uh, that uh, Cross and Lee uh, posted their bail. They're on their way back to full sale." I like that. Uh, Go and, on. and then at like nine fifty-five, they both pull up, they get out of the car, they start again, and like right. it's just chaos. Right. And then that, you end the show with them fighting the party. You're like, "What happened? I got to tune in next week." Stuff like that, because yeah. that has agreed. That's PG. Yeah, you're not hurting you're anybody. Correct. You're not throwing bananas or coconuts or young. What about that unbelievable brawl before WrestleMania with the ladies on? Yes, yeah, the Ronda Rousey with the yeah. glass breakage and all the yeah, other stuff, stuff like that. That was great. fantastic. Stuff like that, that you can fantastic. do, you know. And I wish, see, like, because I'm a big fan of carrying Cross. I think he's going to be a huge star. Same Scarlet man. too. He's huge, huge. And Keith, Keith Lee is awesome. Isn't I think he's, he? Isn't and, he? And in a year, 
they're going to be on Raw or SmackDown. You know what I mean? That's what's hard for NXT. I, like, AEW, they have huge stars. They have Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Matt Hardy, Cody Rhodes. Um, I mean, Luke WWE, WWE, Again, trying to build an organization with old stars. Where is their Goldberg? It's always going to be hard for NXT to beat them in the ratings because they don't have that star well, but yeah, but power. That's in, but in long they got to create one like Goldberg. In long term, gotta create one. NXT wins because these older stars are going to... Jericho goes but, away. It goes away. No, no, no. So my point is, though, how, though, when they get over on NXT, these mm. stars, they they go away. And then right. you have to start over. You have to push the reset button right. and get the other guys. Well, because I think, I think Gil said it, right? The minute they go up, they go, who are these? Because... They, NXT. they don't realize that NXT fans are different than WWE yes, yes, fans. Yeah, yeah, they don't realize that. They yep. think, oh, we're all the same products. We can just nope. go ahead and know it. And then yep. people are like, well, who is that? Well, well, let me ask you this, though, right? So they, they do this angle where the Fiend attacks Alexa Bliss, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of a little bit racy for this time and going somewhere. Last night, they just dropped the ball on it again. They did I nothing. I see last night. But are you serious? There and to, that was it. to me, I, I felt like... Alexa Blake is under con- some kind of spell or something, like, and she's like, think we're thinking. I think people would mark out and pop for her being Sister Abigail. Absolutely. Yeah. So Bray, like, she thinks she's si- Sister Abigail, and and Braun's like, no, Alexa, this isn't you, Alexa. Like, he's right. trying to talk some sense into her, but she's under that. But they went like, with the Braun angle of saying, I don't care about her. Really? Now, I yeah, didn't I'm see going it. Wow. after you. And I was he, like, did he say he do, he didn't care he about? He says it. flat out, I don't care. But you think that, I care a baby, about her? A I don't baby care. face one. Say, see, that's yeah. No, yeah. now he's turning into the bad guy again, the original monster. I still men. believe that that's just the smokescreen. What he said, they're going to lead. They're going to lead. Like, to, but I, I was you know. like, to me, anybody could play. They have to You know, Cal Booker. But to me, I thought she should be under Bray Wyatt's spell, and she thinks she's Sister Abigail. And I think fans were like when she did the thing at um, was it Extreme Rules, mm-hmm. where she like they showed her, uh, you know, when Braun Strowman. People thought she was Sister Abigail right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and people were like into that. Yes. I'm like, Absolutely. I'm like, yes. you take that and run with it because yes. like this is a reinvention of Alexa Bliss. Like Alexa Bliss is everybody loves Alexa Bliss. Like you know she's very popular, but this is something different you can do with her. This is the one know? power of social media we didn't have back in the early I think days, she's right? awesome. You can read yeah. and see what people are excited about and react off it and actually change your script. Listen guys, I want I want the fans to know a little bit about yourself. So hmm. Gil, can you tell people about your family and your grandchildren? Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 62. I'm married, been with my wife 41 years. I uh, got one granddaughter. I have a son and a daughter. They're both married. I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I, I work construction every day. Uh, I was just telling Jimmy, I'm working six twelves and an eight every week. <laughs> nice. Man. So, you know, that, that'll keep you in shape. Then go home and work out at night. Anybody in the family want to be a pro wrestler? I don't want none of them to be. Don't you dare. I don't want none of them to be because of my body. (laughs) Okay. My body is beat up, and I mean, it hurts. Fair enough. Like I say, they begged me to quit. You know, it's it's what I do, and I love it with all my heart. You know, and it it kills me not to be a wrestler, and that's the truth. any shot of returning to WWE soon, maybe? Yes? Well, you never say never. I would like to. I think there's a lot more you can do with the character. Like, I don't right. think the character is with a... his dad? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think a character is <laughs> every... With his dad? An every week character. 
but I think the character is something you can like like you know when they released me the first time they brought me back seven months later and I did the stuff with Carmela and Asuka and it, and it got over again so I think that is a character that like you can take a break from and then when it comes like it's more powerful when it comes back it gets that reaction other than being there every week and you're just lo- another guy lost in the su- shuffle I think it's a unique character where every now and then can pop up if but, Carmela came out and 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 started cutting a promo and then he come bouncing out. With his hat and everything, the place would fall apart. Oh yeah, right. you know it as well as yeah. I do. They would yeah. erupt, man. Yeah, I'm a little more humble than that. I don't know what would happen, <laughs> but um, you know, the internet could say what they want the day after, but when he rushed up that ladder, that uh, place went. I'm oh, they were going, you, they were going berserk. So I think, <laughs> well, no, the, when I'm climbing the ladder, <laughs> right. they're, they're going nuts. I think they wanted me to grab it. And take off with it myself. Oh, I would have loved So it. I think the heat was giving it to her, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, good. Which is good. But, you know, like you're talking about family. I have an eight year old daughter and a five year old daughter, and they absolutely love wrestling. And I'm big on women's wrestling because I see them watching Carmella, Bailey, mm-hmm. Sasha, um, Alexa Bliss, and all. Like they're fans, and they're, they're drawing them into it. I hope they don't want to be wrestlers. I mean, they're already. They, it's sad. They already know how to lock I up. Tell you yeah. that, they're going to be wrestlers. I hope not. But they're going to be. <laughs> but um, they um, they're very into it. And they're very into the women. They that's and that's cool to me. Like and um, and hopefully uh, they uh, just enjoy it as fans and continue to do so for the rest of their lives. Yeah, have you thought it. about ever possibly being a manager on screen? That's absolutely 100%. I think that's something I else. That. I would love to be a modern-day Bobby Heenan or Jim Cornette or... Like, Harvey Wimpel. Like, just get he, like get I don't, he, I don't know, bro. Why did they get rid of the manager role? Yeah, yeah why? What, what, why do you feel why that can't we have another G from that? You know why? They don't want to pay... More money that... Why, 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 when I can pay you... Hundred fifty thousand a year to go out there. Why do I have to pay this guy hundred fifty thousand dollars? But do you too? think it really mm. helps? Yes. wrestlers get over to have a faceless Barbie doll interviewing no. them instead of a Gene Oakland. Well, no, no, no. Would no. you guys I think the Gene Oakland's better? Like you guys as fans was like Carmelo, and Carmelo's awesome, and I, and I love everything she does. But yeah. when her and I are together, wasn't that very interesting? Yeah, it was Absolutely. good. No, you guys and, like, work together. And, and, it works well. And I think like us separate is not as cool as us together. I like, agree. Well, I do agree it's with that. Clear. Right, and I'm not They're not using Carmella, her a lot, right? but yeah. as fans, or you read the internet, right? Carmella's probably not the stronger of the workers in the women's in the, division. In, in the ring, she's not considered, okay. obviously, Charlotte or, or Bailey or Sasha. I get, or yeah, Bailey. But by, that, by but. teaming her with you made that character annoying, and you wanted to watch her, and you wanted to see... You Heavyweight champion. The package worked. And it worked. Bottom she line. was champion. She it, was champion. Hey, she, Bottom um, line. Bottom I think line. she was becoming, before the pandemic, I think she was getting a lot better in the ring. She had a really yes. good match with Bailey mm-hmm. on yeah, SmackDown. Yeah. It was sometime this year before the pandemic. Her and Bailey wrestled for the title in SmackDown. It was, and if you go back and watch that, it was very good. And I was like, holy I'm crap. Not, like, I'm not saying she's bad. All no, I'm she's not. No. Nobody thinks she's bad. I Sasha Banks, oh, Bailey, right. yeah. Charlotte. They're lights that, you know, there's a God, big gap. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're, they're awesome. Work, man, man. The, uh, and it, it goes back to, I think, superstars are superstars. That no matter, you know, women sure. or man. Like, Bailey and Sasha had one of the best matches I've ever seen uh, in my life at you. NXT Brooklyn TakeOver. Amazing. Takeover Bro- oh, that God. match, yep. I'll put that match against any match ever. That match Great. was that amazing. Was like, classic. And that's got to be hard for writers, too, because you don't want to give out too much when you don't have any fans, right? So you got these really good storylines, and you really don't want to let them out too much because you don't want to waste it. Yeah, but they need them right now because they don't even have the, the, the revenue of the live crowds. They've got to keep the ratings up. They need to write as well as possible. 
They should be putting on the. I think they should be thinking Hollywood right now. Like what we saw with AJ and Taker. That was really uh, good. How great was that? Really they, good. But you can only do that with Taker, man. You can't do it with others. You can't others. do that you can't. every Come week. Come on, man. You can't do that theater star with other superstars. You can. Taker's right believable. Right. Can we agree crowd? on this? You cheapen the sport when you do this. Regardless, yeah, you but, did it. But like you said, Tessa Blanchard, Brian Cage, you cheapen the sport when you allow that type of stuff to happen. You know, you throw a guy off the, the top of the corporate building, and he's back. Well, here's here's my question. Either. That's like, true. like I like I said, I'm not against Tessa Blanchard and Brian Cage wrestling because you know when I'm watching Batman, Batman and Catwoman are fighting, right? Okay, but like it's it's, it's a, a show. Role, right? <laughs> you know, but I'm not look. But Catwoman's not going to take Batman. Out. Batman no, fought no. Catwoman. No, she's going to strap him on a roof with a magnifying know. glass, and then there's something going to melt saw, both of them. I never I saw Batman, Batman fight Catwoman. They fight. They did fight. Did Batman not, ever turn? No. Never punch Catwoman. No, what Catwoman used to do though was is she used Scratch to him. kick. She had that kick. Catwoman could kick people. And I don't she think Batman ever hit her. I'm not against. No, I never, don't think they, they went never out See, I personally am not against intergender wrestling. I just wanted to make sense. Like if, like you I said, if I was Batman? that match, Brian Cage and Tessa, I would I have a match and Brian Cage would win. But I wouldn't. Like I'm not against the match happening. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, one time. You can't keep doing it again. No, you can't and again keep again. doing everything again. Like I thought, like. You know, as much as I love to have on my resume that I beat AJ Styles three times, like right. I thought they kept going to that too. Like I was like, why does this keep at? Like the first time was funny, ha ha. Ambrose was the rep, but it it popped a good rating, and that's the cool thing. Each dude, time AJ and I did anything, dude, you made AJ Styles fans pull their hair out uh, each it, time you won. <laughs> yeah, you, right, you were you were supposed to be irritated. Yeah, the I got, crap I got out of them, you did. They I'm glad like, they kept going back yeah, because there was I, a point that good. I'm like, are they going to give this guy the belt? Are they going to figure out a way to put the strap around this guy? It was, and, and AJ was so cool to work with. Like, when I hit the kick on him in the title match, and, the, like, for that, I think we got the people for that couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, when I hit the kick, they yeah. thought I was going to win. You got Kill, me. Killer kick, by the and, way. And it was, like, that was the coolest well moment of my career. I and But, like, I was like, man. But so when they kept doing it, I was like, oh, well, they... I don't know. I was having fun. I loved working with AJ. AJ yeah, to me no. is the best performer in the world. Wrestler, best in-ring. like in ring performer. No, nobody can touch him. In my humble opinion, I think you're right. There's no such thing as the best wrestler in the world because it's all opinionated. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as the greatest match right. in the world. It's all opinionated. So, mm-hmm. Like there's no right or wrong with anything. It's all just based on opinions. What I'm trying to say. And mm-hmm. to my opinion, AJ is the best. And um, so I loved working with him. I hope. Someday they do it again just to revisit it. Oh, yeah. But we, yeah, we, got, I mean, we got one minute left, so I'm okay. just going to ask both of you guys who is the greatest wrestler of all time? Shawn Michaels. It didn't take me too long. Shawn Michaels. I, I'm I'm not, okay, let me make it clear. Not wrestler, just wrestler, whether it be Mike Skills, everything. The yeah, oh, total package, package of a, a worker. The vet, Period. Uh, the worker, the greatest one that meant in. everything to pro wrestling. To me, it would be Stone Cold Steve Austin. He drew the most money. He he sold the most shirts. He he the, he the drew more. He drew more than Hogan. Yes, his and his um not overall because Hogan had a longer run, but sure. but he broke all of Hogan's records. Yes. Gil, who do you think? It's, uh, man, you know, you're talking overall worker, man. There's so many people back, you know. Fabulous Moolah? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about know. Bruno? Yeah. I mean, come on. But what about would, Bruno? So you're opinion Bruno Sammartino, the greatest uh, of all time. I mean, how many years did he Hard hold to that argue. company together? Yeah, what a body of and, work. And Backlund, look at Backlund. How many years did ba- was Backlund can, can you guys even fathom being the generations that you guys both, you know, shined in? Can you, can you, can you even fathom... That somehow, 
Bruno San Martino held the belt for eight years. When you see title changes, you know, from your times and in back the business, in them days, dude, when they is that like, the like so at each other? Compute to you, uh, I, I like long title reigns. I think. Yeah, I think it, I believe in it. I think it means more. When they get beat, because it's long. And you know what I hate when the U.S. champion or the tag team champions get beat all the time in non-title matches. Right. I'm like, so it's, it means less when you actually get beat for the title. Well, that see, that's that was used back in the day where they were trying to push an angle that the champion would lose in that non-title match. You're like, yeah. oh, they might. They, yeah, they do too much. Yeah, right. there's too, too much, much of it. Stuff Every now, like Demolition, for instance, never lost a non-title tag match to my recommend. Right. Like, I don't mm-hmm. remember that happening, but like, I think like Shawn Michaels. Remember, he lost to Tatanka twice. Mm-hmm. Like in non-title matches, yeah. then they had the Mania match, and I thought the payoff was going to be Tatanka was going to win the title, right. but then Tatanka won again by a count out. And mm-hmm. they, like so I think that's when it started to begin, and well, like as far as back as I can remember, is like right around that era, ninety two, ninety three, maybe when the non-title victory started happening. Mm-hmm. But they cheaped it, they cheapened a lot of the belts, right? We were huge Intercontinental champion oh. fans, and they destroyed that belt. I think AJ is going to be a great intercontinental champion and and put it back on the map and i mean he's wrestling matt riddle aj's awesome he's he is. like he's so's he, matt riddle not for nothing uh, i think matt riddle's gonna be a big time star yeah, he, oh, he's, he's gonna be a big star he looks like a von eric he looks like a von eric but there's, there's something about him that reminds you of michaels for some reason oh the air the, the, the cockiness the arrogance it's cockiness. It's great, it's, like <laughs> i've gone on record saying I'm, that i wrestled riddle one. Owen, uh, the Indies, I had a match with him, and it was so fun, man. And I knew I was like, God, this guy's gonna be a star. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? I was like, what are you doing with the Indies? Why aren't you like NXT yet or something? Right. <laughs> so, right. But it was by his choice, though, and he's right. great. I love him. Good All time. right. Well, we want to thank you guys for joining. Uh, right. what a hey great guys, thanks for having us. Really thank you. It. We want to remind everybody out there uh, that. After this, so we're going to take a short break, and then we go back on air with a live auction with Gilberg and James Ellsworth. This is going to be real exciting. Promoted by ESS Promotion. Yeah, come on in. Come on over here. Hurry up. Oh, there he is. The man himself. Hero ESS. And uh, right after this, about 5 o'clock, we're going to do... Facebook Live with Gilberg and James Ellsworth. So I want everybody to join us right here on the Eric Sims Facebook page. You've seen all my auctions. Now we're going to do it with with some talent. We're going to have some fun with them tonight. And coming up in two weeks or three weeks, August 29th, we got Al Snow. We got uh, Doink the Clown and Dink the Clown. Two two interviews on Monty and the Pharaoh. And then uh, Facebook Live uh, with both of those. And as a special guest at the nighttime, the man who rules the world, Psycho Sid, right here for an interview and for Facebook Live, and that is on August the 29th. So join us, please. All right, with that, I've held my breath because I don't want to catch Corona. Facebook, <laughs> Monty the Fowl's on Facebook Live, Monty the Fowl page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor. Channel 115 every Tuesday from 8.30 to 9 p.m. Where you'll see these two gentlemen in the reduced version. Television. Abbreviated. Every Saturday, 6, uh, 6 to 6 a.m. on Can't Channel 115 and Channel 120. Uh, sorry, Channel 20 at 1.30 a.m. All right, want to thank you guys again. This is Mike Monty. This is the Faro. Stay tuned for the auction. And until then, later. <laughs>